got your Bible, Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, if you've got your Bible. Everybody got their Bible today. God forbid if media goes out and the phone goes dead. And I can't quote because I have a stroke. We'd be in a pickle, Brother Ed, if we didn't have our Bible. Chapter 9 of Zechariah. I don't want to read starting with verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord in the land of Hadrick and Damascus shall be the rest thereof when the eyes of man as of all the tribes of Israel shall be toward the Lord. And Hamath also shall border thereby Tyrus and Zidon though it be very wise. Tyrus did build herself a stronghold and heap up silver as the dust and find gold as the mire of the streets. Behold, the Lord will cast her out and he will smite her power in the sea. And she shall be devoured with fire. Ashelon shall see it and fear. Gaza shall see it and be sorrowful. Ekron, for her expectation, shall be ashamed. And the king shall perish from Gaza. Ashelon shall not be inhabited. And a bastard shall dwell in Ashdod. And I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. And I will take away his blood out of his mouth, his abominations from between his teeth. But he that remaineth, even he, shall be for our God. And he shall be as a governor in Judea. And Ekron as the Jebusite. And I will encamp about my house. God had to clean house to protect the house. And I will encamp about mine house because of the army, because of him that passeth by, and because of him that returneth. And no oppressor, the word oppressor means taskmaster, shall pass through any more. For now, or for new, now have I seen with mine eyes. Verse 9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just in having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal. Of an ass. Keep your place there, media. Keep that for me because I'm going to come back to that. Matthew 21 and verse 1. Then Jesus, or they drew nigh unto Jerusalem. This is chapter 21 of Matthew, verse 1. And we're come to Bethphage, the Mount of Olives. Then sent Jesus to disciples, saying to them, Go into the village over against you. Straight away ye shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man ought unto you, ye say, The Lord hath need of them. And straight away he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them to do. I want to preach this morning, what do you give your attention to? What do you give your attention to?
attention to. Lift your hands with me here today and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you for your word. There's nothing that can stand in the presence of your word. And I'm asking you today, let the word that cuts joint marrow, soul and spirit, a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let the word today, God, let it separate whatever you decide it needed to separate. And let the hand of God encourage the heart and the mind that has a will and a desire to see the will of God and the purpose of God manifested in this earth. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. How fitting this text is I, I didn't uh, purposely plan this. You've heard me made, make the comment before about uh, certain uh, holidays and this kind of deal, trying to uh, find a message to fit the holiday. I find a message to fit the will of God, and if it fits the holiday, fine. But this one, it fell on today being uh, the seventh day or the ten days into to Easter and Jesus' entry into uh, Jerusalem and what we commonly call Palm Sunday. But I, I, I want us to see a, a different uh, perspective of, of this text and what we have called and heard preached the triumphant entry of Christ into Jerusalem. It starts really in Zechariah. I love how the Old Testament uh, connects with the New Testament. I love trying to find the, the reading something in the new and then tracing it back and finding that thread in the Old Testament. We are at a crossroads in our nation. We are at a crossroads in churches. We're at crossroads in individuals living for God, even today, crossroads we're facing. And the determining factor that me and you, uh, I guess would say, help to determine it it settled in the mind and the thought processes of the mind. If you and I would, would, would say, you, you probably could raise your hand and count the times uh, more than you have fingers on your hand of how, time, how many times I've made the comment about the battle in the mind or said it from this pulpit that there's a battle. I almost titled this one, The Battleground is Determined in the Mind. And who wins the battle and who comes out on the other side is determined by the battle that takes place in the mind. Do I do, do, I do what I know to do? Do I do what I've been taught to do? Do I do what I know the Word of God is expected of me to do? But yet somewhere when I try to reach to do what I know I need to do, there's a struggle. There's a hesitation in my moving into what God has for us. And in preparation and trying to understand, God, what's the antidote? Well, I could quickly go into the scripture where it says, take on the whole armor of God and the, the helmet of salvation you put under yourself and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God and the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and our loins girded with, with truth and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All of these things that God has afforded us there still comes back to that inner struggle in myself of doing what I know to do and actually doing what I know I need to do. I know I need to raise my hands, Brother Daryl, but something in my mind says no. 
I'm going to just bring it real simple. I know I need to pray, but something in my mind says no. I know I need to be faithful, but something in my mind says fishing meant a little bit more important. No pun intended. Just came out. <laughs> Y'all think I really just kind of, it just kind of. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> just keep the crappie coming. Just keep the crappie coming. <laughs> but something in my mind says I can't do it. And I know what I know to do as right. But something in me hesitates and says, I can't right now. And in the course of me trying to figure it out and say, God, what's the answer? Because I got the same struggle. When I know not to do, I do. (laughs) Paul had the same struggle. He says, I'm apprehended by something. And that thing's got a hold of me and it's pulling me. And I'm trying to get a hold of it. So he confessed that there's something pulling him to do that which he knew to do. But then he comes back and says, that which I know to do, I don't do. And that which I know I shouldn't do, that I do. And there's a war in my members. You know what he's saying? There's a war in my mind to do what I know I need to do. Folks, this ain't nothing new. We can blame it on COVID. We can blame it on the Democrats. We can blame it on Washington. We can blame it on the Republicans. We can blame it on the president. We can blame it on the Social Security Administration. But it all comes back to one thing. What are we giving our attention to? If we give our attention to the things of God, that hopelessness will begin to dispel. That depression will begin to go that fear will begin to cease but the struggle as I said this morning seven days a week 24 hours a day and we give God two hours and we struggle for that we struggle just to keep our attention so then we create riddling come on somebody don't go quiet on me So we create some medication to bring mindset. I'm not saying it's not real. What I'm saying is there's been a breakdown in the mind. There's been a breakdown in the family. And there's been a breakdown in the church. And God is calling his people to begin to focus again. On what really matters. What really matters. I'm going to make this comment. So brace yourself. I got it in prayer, and I know it's the Lord. So I'm not questioning. We pray more for the sick than we do for people to be saved. Oh God, save Bobby Sue. Oh God, don't let them die. Save them and fix them. You know why? Because we don't want to lose selfishness. I don't want you to die. And should be so. I don't want you to die. But we'll pray more fervently and feverishly that God will heal that body than when we see a sinner walking on the road that's lost and going to hell. And will Jesus save them? Jesus touch them. Oh, I done hit something right there, Micah. You better pray. Why find it on that board? We call out everybody sick and pray. But what about them that are lost? 
And you know what the Lord shared with me in prayer? It goes back to pride. Because I don't want you, you mean more to me. And rightfully so. But the little seed in that is pride. I don't want you to go, I don't want you to die. Dad, I was worried about COVID. God, don't let them get COVID. And I prayed fervently. God, protect them. No plague shall come nigh into their home. And I interceded and I prayed. But God, help me that my prayer for them to be well was greater than my prayer for them to be saved. Because the Bible says, I'd rather you go into heaven. Come on, somebody. Crippled, blind, and can't move. But at least you're with him for eternity. I'd rather you go into heaven's... Come on, somebody. God's trying to show you and I to give our attention to what really matters in the kingdom. God cares about my praise. God cares about my worship. God cares about my dealing with mankind. God cares at how I reach the lost. But see, everything in me says, oh, no. I don't want them. I don't want them. See, the battle in my mind, Brother Smith, it's all determined. Hear me, this is it. Over what I give my attention to. If I give my attention to fear, then that's what's going to govern me. If I give my attention to worry, then that's what's going to govern my home. And you hear me, those spirits attract. You give yourself as a parent to that, it's going to come to your kids. And where God had great things for them, they're going to have to now face things that you and I as parents should have conquered. It's my responsibility to conquer bitterness. It's my responsibility to conquer fear. It's my responsibility to conquer unforgiveness. My kids should never have to face that. That's why the best thing I could ever do is silence myself in my home. Parenting 101. You say, well, what are you? I said, well... Don't make me go down that road. There's lessons in the word of God that if I can make the decision and give my attention to what the word of God says, Sister Juanita, I'll see things in my life from God that I would have never seen anywhere else. The children of Israel, Zechariah is a picture. Go to verse 1, chapter 9, Zechariah. And here's what he says. The burden of the word of the Lord in the land. The burden came to the prophet because he saw what was taking place and where they were going. This is the end of the dispensation. This is about 400, 450 BC. This thing's closing out. Christ is getting ready to come. And the prophet now begins to see where this thing is going. Thank God. That the man of God gave his attention to the right thing. Because it's going to birth something that's going to save a city. Because that man of God looked at the things that really mattered, Brother Micah. I'm sure he faced resistance. I'm sure he faced things that people didn't understand. But he got under the burden of what was about to take place. That's why you and I need to hear something today. This world is trying to throw in some kind of convoluted mindset. You and I have got to be in the house of God. We've got to be faith. Not because I'm telling you. But my strength comes from the word of God. Being preached in the house of God. I've always believed, as my dear previous pastor believed, that if I'm not here, I'm accountable for what was spoken. If I can't help it, that's one thing. 
If I can't be here because of work, that's one thing. I've been worried. I get that. But if I could be here and TV God's got a special promo on, in judgment I'm accountable for what was preached, whether I'm there or not. And the children of Israel are at the closing of a thing, a dispensation, a time, an era. And the prophet got under the burden of it. And here's what he began to see. The land of Hadrach. I ain't going to define it. Long story. Damascus shall be the rest thereof. And when the eyes of man, as of all the tribes, shall be what? Toward. The man of God saw where this thing was going. He knew what was about to take place. He saw it prophetically. But it took the people beginning to turn their eyes and giving attention to what's about to take place. Now there's twofold, Brother Charlie, because he's not only saying they turn their eyes to the Lord, but they also turn their eyes to what's taking place around. Because here's what's happening around them. It was a two-fold reaction. They begin to say, oh, oh God, something's going on that I don't understand. You're moving in ways I've never seen you move before. You're doing things that I've never seen. Has anybody testified to the fact? I'm seeing God do things I never thought could be done. I'm seeing miracles I never thought would happen. I'm seeing hearts being pulled to God that I never thought could happen. You and I are seeing things that we never thought. Won't it, Sister Cat? Could never thought. And their eyes turned here. But next verse says, they saw this. Tyre and Zidon, though it be very wise. Next verse. Tyre built herself. Here's what's going on. Here's the historical Backdrop for you to understand why Christ was so triumphantly recognized, but by only a select few. Now, follow me. I'm gonna try to make this make sense, but you're gonna have to follow me. Tyre was a city that was on an island about two miles and a half miles by two and a half miles. And it had created, Micah, it had created a stronghold on the island. There was no way to access it. The walls, the, 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 the rock, the sheer fall of the rock was so great. And then on top of the rock from the cliff, they built a 150-foot wall. And then they left another, about a 15-foot space between it. And they built another wall right after that wall. They were double insulated. They had everything figured out. And even the prophet through the unction of the Spirit said, for their wives. He was saying it sarcastically. For they thought they were untouchable. Ooh, somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost today. They thought they were untouchable. They thought that they ne- nothing could penetrate all the things that they had done. I've seen this in lives of people. They thought they had everything figured out. And somewhere something came in on the backside and took down what they thought was impenetrable. That's why I don't get worried about the government. I don't get worried about what happens outside our four walls. Because the greater they boast of how penetrable the greater the comment was made. What was that guy in Congress? 
not some, I don't know their name. Some fella, there was a young guy stood up in Congress. I saw a little video clip. Somebody sent it to me. He stood and said, for it is the will of God for us to do this and this. And that man in the high seat, whatever them high, who? Nader. 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 That says it right there. He's a fruit. Nader. Tomato. He stands and says, I don't care. What the will of God is, this Congress is not interested in the will of God. Does anything sound a little bit like Tyre? We'll use our intellect. We'll use our ability. We'll use our smarts. We'll use our charisma. We'll use our ability to... We'll use whatever we got. And here's what God's wanting to show you and I. The safest place we could ever be is humble and in the house of God. The safest place you and I could ever be is with an humble spirit that says, God, if it had not been for you, I wouldn't be on this pew. If it had not been for you, I'd be lost and undone. The only reason I'm breathing, Brother Richard, is because God said, I'm not taking his life. That's the only reason I'm... And the day that I say, I'm all that in a bag of chips, will be the day. (sighs) My life is but a vapor. (sighs) And Tyron Sidon said, you ain't coming in. You ain't going to come into my city. Nobody can get... And they boasted of the stronghold. How many times have I said there's strongholds in the minds of people? I've got strongholds in my mind, Brother Daryl. i got ways I've always done it. And whether I think it's right or not, if it don't line up with the Word of God, that stronghold's got to be down. I cast out a devil, but I tear down a stronghold. I can cast out a devil. I ain't afraid of one devil walking that back door. Witch, warlock, I don't care. Because I know that by one name, that thing's going to fall and begin to cry out and devils will begin to scream out. I ain't afraid of that. But I tell you what I'm afraid of. Flesh. Because I can't cast the devil out of you. Or I can. But if your flesh says it's got to stay, after 30 years and Sister Becky ain't did it, it ain't happening. I did that for you. I did that for you. But the flesh, you don't cast out the flesh. You tear down the stronghold of your mind. What was it that was put in you as a kid? Your daddy was a drunk. Your mama was a prostitute. Your daddy did this. Your mama did that. They never lived for God. What is it? Go to that stronghold in your mind and say, in the name of Jesus, I tear that down. I can live for God. I can have peace in God. I can have joy in living for God. But it ain't going to happen with the next. I've got to tear it down. Hey, watch me. We're going to go somewhere. I told you. I hope y'all brought a ham sandwich. I've been on vacation. And God's been talking to me. If the stronghold, Sister Debbie, ain't pulled, my attention stays on what I've done. Somebody stay with me. Look at what I've done. I'm an accomplished man. I'm an accomplished. Built churches all over. I'll pick on you, Brother Smith. All over. Look at what I've done. 
I'm not careful. Come on, successful businessman. Look at what I've done. I made my buck. I don't know what people pay tithe in this church. I don't know what you pay. I made. Look at what I am. I'm skilled. I'm, it's a stronghold that God wants to tear down in our minds. Your mama abused you. I'm less than. I'm inferior. I'm insecure. You don't have to stay there. The whole reason Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and a colt twofold. I'm going to get there in a minute. He rode on two animals. Why? Because he was telling them the way that this is done is when you put your eye on me regardless of what you think should be. They thought he should have rode in on a stallion. They thought he should have rode in on a big old horse with a parade of people. But he did just the opposite of what they thought. He came in on a donkey and he came on in on a little colt and he said I'm going to do the opposite because I'm going to show you what keeps your attention what keeps the attention is when God does things that we never expected him to do and Tyre and said I'm a stronghold that will never be tore down we've insulated ourselves. next verse and the Lord will cast her out and smite in power. Now, folks, this is what you got to see. Here's the thing. This is history. Do you know what just happened right here? How did she get cast out? Does anybody know? Alexander the Great. I flunked history. I just learned that last night. So I don't expect you to know it either. Alexander the Great came. God prophesied way back and said, Tyre, you're coming down no matter how well you've insulated. See, Tyre was evil. Tyre was wicked. These are strongholds that are outside of our families and our homes and in our communities and in our city. But you and I need to get a revelation and here it is. If I keep my attention on God, God will tear down the strongholds. God will tear down things that have got my family bound. That's the hope of the church. The hope is that God will tear down what's got me and your families bound up. See, he goes on. Alexander the Great, that was the prophecy. And he comes. And there was even a historical point that Alexander the Great even said, who conquered all of Europe and on and on, went all the way into India. When he came to Tyre, he even said, I may ought to back off of this one. Prophecy pushed him and said all of this is going to be conquered. And as a sign that she was devoured, Tyre came crumbling down. You ought to read the history. It's fascinating what they used and how they fought that battle. And Tyre did everything they could. But Alexander the Great took the city. He killed over 8,000 men, crucified 2,000, and took the city. Next verse. God didn't stop with Tyre. He now goes into the Philistine land. And he says, Gaza, you're going to see it. And you're fixing to be sorry. These are all people that messed with the people of God. 
These are all enemies of Israel that came against Israel and said, we're going to take you down. We're going to destroy you. And finally there came a point in history and the prophecy came to a point of fulfillment that God said, it's time for me to step in and tear it down. If I ask here today who's struggling in their spirit and their mind and I ask a show of hands, I'd get half this church to raise their hands. You're battling fear. You're battling worry. You're battling inferiority. You're battling these things in the mind. I'll never be what God wants me to be. And all God's saying is giving you a little note. If you'll turn your attention from what you think you're not and turn your attention to what God's trying to make you into being, you're going to see a side of God take care of your enemies that you thought could never be taken care of. I'm convinced that much of the calamity, it's not always that way. The boy was born blind and Jesus came to him. And the response of the disciples to the boy that was born blind said, Jesus, is he born blind because of the sin of his mamas and daddy? Her mom and daddy. And Jesus' response back to him, this ain't got nothing to do. But this is that the manifestation of God's power can be revealed. That's one episode. But then there's another episode where God allows the calamities to come to us. And situations in our life to get us to one place that we turn our attention to him with an open heart. And these cities caused grief on the children of Israel. They caused havoc. But when God finally said, I'm enough, that's enough. The flesh and the spirit could not withhold or could not stand in the presence of God. And the king shall perish from Gaza. And Ashalon shall not be inhabited. Next verse. And a bastard shall dwell in Ashdod. And will cut off the pride of the Philistines. Here's what you and I have got to see. The enemy is boasting to you and I. I will never let your kids go. You'll never see the revival that's promised in your family. And the enemy boasts with such pride and arrogance, saying, this is a stronghold. I'll never let them go. You'll never see them walk in that back door, Brother Langley. And the enemy's boasting of what he thinks he's got a hold of. What he thinks he's got a hold of. What he thinks he's got a hold of. Hell ain't in charge of nothing except God let it be so. And at any moment you're going to wake up and the thing that you've been waiting for is going to be knocking at your front door saying, Mama and Daddy, I'm ready to do what I know is right to do. That son and that daughter that's been wayward and you thought would never come back home. Their attention is going to turn to the eyes of the Lord. Because God said in verse 1, for now they have turned their eyes to the Lord. But what else? He used this to turn their eyes. He used his destruction and judgment to turn the eyes towards him. And I'm going to say it again. Sometimes the bad things that happen to you and I are not because 
It's God trying to turn us to see a side of him that we've never seen before. That our eyes would turn back to him. He allows things to happen. I've seen it in health. Same health issue. Pray for you, you miraculously are healed. Pray for you, and you're not. And many times I've walked away, Sister Mark and Tell, not in this church, but other places. I've walked away, and the Lord says, don't pray for them again. He said, don't pray for them again. He said, because until they come to the realization of my truth that I've told them, I will not heal them. They will suffer. Because God's all about turning the eyes back to him. Turn your heart. The Bible in Jeremiah 32, I think it's 19, says this. For the eyes of the Lord are forever upon mankind. So his eyes are always on me. Where is the breakdown, Brother Daryl? It's in my eyes. Where I've turned from. That's why I believe there's going to be such a great revival of backsliders before the coming of the Lord. I believe that God is using all these Azras and Ashadads and Philistine. He's using all these things on the outside and God is judging situations and judging circumstances and it's causing the people of God in the church and outside of the church to take their eyes and turn them back to God for one reason, that I give Him my attention. I give Him all of my attention. God don't want my leftovers from Sunday. He don't want the leftovers from Monday. God wants my attention on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Folks, what is this all for? I want to make heaven. I don't want to join a church just to have a membership. I want to get something from God every time I come. Pride has boasted and God said, I will cut it down. I'm going to cut it down. Pride has boasted and said, this drug addiction that's rampant in Indian Village, it's boasted and said, I'll never let them go. I wish I had five more amens that would said no. I'm fighting for your family, not mine. I'm fighting to see lost loved ones that are bound by drugs and bound by alcohol and bound by perversion and bound by poverty and bound by fear and bound by depression. You and I have got everything we need in the baptism of the Holy Ghost to tear down that stronghold. God's ready. He's ready. He's ready to bring about the miracle that's promised. But until I see this, you're going to wear yourself out. But if I can see, whoa, God's fixing to execute vengeance on my enemy. God's fixing to execute vengeance. Not your wife. Come on, somebody. God ain't going to kill your wife yet. God ain't going to kill your husband yet. Just, just hang on. I'm talking about the enemy and strongholds that have come against our families, that have come against our church.
that have come against young people in this community. Folks, we got a building over there that's full of young people, that's full of teenagers that are wanting to see God and do something for God. But watch me. If it's just another building and we just filled it up as some little traditional Sunday school, let's teach them now. I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to kid. And we teach them some traditional thing. It ain't never going to break nothing. But if we can pray the anointing of God on every teacher, let the anointing of God rest on that building. And when those young people walk into that building, strongholds in the mind start coming down. And they they start feeling peace that they've never felt before in their home. They start feeling joy that they've never felt before. But the battle is right here. It's in our mind. And he says, it's coming down. Next verse. And I will take away his blood. You know what these were doing? They were literally, Sister Helen, they were drinking the blood of humans. You know, witchcraft is at an all-time high in North America. You know, there's voodoo everywhere. And witchcraft and the occult and Wiccan and New Age. It's everywhere. And it's pulling for our young people. They drank the blood. And that ain't communion they're talking about, folks. And they ate the flesh of humanity. That's happening right now in North America. Now, they're eating humans in North America. Love you, Jesus. I came to church today. What are we giving? God, I'm here because I need you to touch my mind. God, I'm fighting something on the job that I can't deal with on my own. I can't deal with what I'm seeing in the media. I can't deal with what I'm hearing about in the world. God, I don't know if I can raise my kids with such a craziness that's going on. You need to be encouraged because that's where we are. Remember, this is the close of a dispensation. We're at the close of the dispensation now. The coming of the Lord is upon us. It's the same parallel. And he even shall be for our God. Now it's shifting gears. The prophet's starting to say, all this that y'all see that's going on around you has got one purpose. I'm going to put it in our vernacular. COVID, three hur- two hurricanes, an ice storm, crazy government. Come on, somebody. I get tired of preaching about it, but it's like ever before us. Things that are happening in our government, legislation and laws that are being passed, laws that are being overturned. Come on, somebody. This is our kids we're fighting for. This ain't just for you. This is for salvation. That's why I said I thank God for every miracle. I thank God for every healing. I thank God for every tumor that's fallen off. But the greatest miracle is God save every heart and every mind. That'll turn its attention to you. So what he's saying is they turn to the Lord but what caused them to turn was everything around them. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. It's what happened around them and God's response was I'm going to tear down that pride. The pride, this homosexual agenda Come on, it's in the textbooks, folks. It was in California. That's why I had to yank my girl out. 
arrogant. It's prideful. Why do you think they call it gay pride? Oh, Benoit, you're not preaching love. I'm going to love everybody that walks in there. But the word of God is true when it says a man should look like a man. And love, a man should love a woman. And a woman should love a man. But see, that's a stronghold. Now, I'll pay for that for about two days in the spirit. Because you bump those things. This is why it takes a church coming together. And understanding we're here for one reason. To hear the word of God. Obey the word of God. Worship God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. And when we do that brother Ed. Everything else is going to take care of itself. God will issue judgment. And God. I'm not wishing that the the earth open up and kill everybody. What I'm saying is God. Use these things on the world outside. To cause every sinner. Every backslider. Every wayward child. Whoever it may be. Whether it be a young or an old. God use that to turn their attention. God is turning attention through this next verse quickly musicians y'all get ready and I will encamp my house because here it is Alexander the Great was coming after all of these nations Brother Charlie, he was coming after Azur, he was coming after Gaza, he was coming after Tyre, and he was coming after Zion. And Alexander the Great was coming after Jerusalem, Sister Sandra. And watch what happened. This boy prophesied it. When Alexander the Great, the people of God in the in Jerusalem, Sister Claudia, the priest, the, uh, Josephus says this in the Antiquities. Josephus said that the priest and all the people they got on white robes, they started dressing holy. Uh oh, I just hit it there. Another one there. I'm telling you what, y'all, y'all better not. I better never go on vacation again. They came out in white robes. The priest came out fully clothed. And he come out, thank God, in a band-aid or a spandex or a speedo. They came out clothed in white, representing holiness. But it wasn't just that. The priest rallied all the people together. And the, the people in the city of Jerusalem began to pray and began to fast. That the judgment that was out there didn't come to the church. Because it's at our door, Brother Langley. The same thing that the world is facing out there, it's knocking at our door. And it's wanting to come into the church. It's wanting us to let go of holiness. It's wanting us to let go of oppressing of, of of the spirit. It's wanting us to let go of just kind of going through the motions. It's wanting us to just back off. But when they begin to pray and they begin to fast, Brother Langley, Alexander walked up to the high priest, history says. And when he saw the the writing on the mitre, it declared the name of the Lord. Alexander the Great backed up and began to pay respect to the God of the Israelites. (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. That depression has got to fall at the name of Jesus. Your enemy, whatever it is in the spirit that's come against your home and against your family, when it comes head to head with the name of Jesus, it has no power. 
But the enemy wants you and I to be intimidated. It wants us to be fearful. It wants us to be apathetic and lethargic. That's it, huh, Brother Bush? Thank you, Jesus. What should have happened right there is we should have stood on our feet with everything in our power and say, I got everything I need through the name of Jesus and I can be victorious. I'm not preaching for a paycheck. I'm preaching for deliverance to come to our families. Hitting up against something in the spirit realm. It wants me and you just to lay down and say, Great. When he came head to head with the name of Jesus, Brother Joe, there was nothing. Alexander. So now let's read this verse. Physicians come, I'm done. Watch this. Read this verse. And I will encamp around my house because of the army. The safest place you and I could ever be is in the house of God. Why? Is it this building? No, we'll tear this one down, build another one. It ain't got nothing to do with the building. I pay homage, I pay respect because I know blood, sweat, and tears went in that. I'm not discounting any of that. I give respect. But I'm five steps ahead. It's the name that your mama declared. It's the name that your daddy declared. It's the name that you declare. It's the name that you declare. It's the name that makes the church. And when you and I throw our hands and say in the name of Jesus, God, your will be done and not mine. The enemy goes around the city. The enemy can't take. It should give you and I hope. We don't have to worry about the church going down. Church ain't never going down. As long as there's an apostolic voice and an apostolic bill, I'd be people that say, I want this. I want this more than anything in this world. The army, because of him that passed by, because of him that returned, and no taskmaster. Alexander the Great was going to put them people to tribute to slave ship. And God said, not on my watch. Because in that city, is a group of people, Sister Cat, that are praying and they're fasting. Brother Mike, we're praying and we're fasting and we're seeking God. And when the enemy tries to come into the church, you ain't got nothing to worry about. And whether he's Alexander the Great or he's Alexander the Less, it don't really matter. He cannot touch your family. He cannot touch your home. As long as you and I stay in the church. For now I've seen, watch, look how he closes it. For now I've seen, Brother Mike, with mine eyes. Tristan, you see it? It was with his eyes. He looked at the chaos and said, because all this judgment is falling everywhere, I'm going to turn my eyes up. And I'm going to look up. Because if I look up and give my attention to him, it ain't coming in my house. It ain't coming in my family. It ain't coming in my church. Next verse, and I close. Now, let me give y'all a Palm Sunday sermonette. Y'all ready? Zechariah prophesies it, Brother Wade. Here's what he prophesies. Rejoice! 
Because what was supposed to be destroyed could not be destroyed because my name is there. And he prophesies, Jesus, watch, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He's just, notice what it says. It don't say a king. It says thy king. He's your king. He's personable. Oh, it gets even better. Having, watch, lowly and riding on an ass and upon the colt. Now, last time I checked, only one man can ride one horse. Come on, equestrians. He rode two. Why? I'm glad you asked. Judges says it like this. For the sons ride the ass. And the fathers ride the colt. Oh, come on, somebody. The son rides an ass. The father rides a colt. Why did Jesus ride too? Because he was father and son as king. he wanted to show us your attention should not be on the popping lights come on stay with me it shouldn't be on the fancy church you're here today because you're hungry you're not here because a great preacher great singing fancy building and Jesus showed you and I this is how you keep your attention and eyes on him it's in the low and not the pop and parade. That's why God has picked us in Indian Village to do something great. We're not just another church, Brother Darrell. We're part of prophecy. And the King of Glory, the one I am, I am, is riding in trying to show all those people I'm one God and he's going to show it in this community that hero Israel the Lord our God is one God there ain't a God the Son and a God the Father and a God the Holy there ain't three there's one and he showed it right here what do you say we turn attention to him you say well I've done that The level of persecution is going to require a deeper commitment. Brother Wade, God's requiring of us 
something greater, Brother Joe, than the norm. Because we're in the end. He's giving us all these pictures around us to turn our attention to Him. But here's the sad thing, Brother Ed. Many will stay consumed with whatever. Social media will take our time of prayer. I ain't against social media. Don't get all nervous and clench up. It's taking our time. COVID has taken our time. I heard just the other day we got people ain't never been out of their house in a year. A year. She gave she said some lady just fixed her hair for the first time in a year. I'm thinking, thank God you ain't got a husband. My God. Ain't fixed your hair in a year. What's wrong with you? <laughs> for those that got hair, Brother Fino. Folks, there's a call in the spirit. I can't tell you how strong I feel this message today. Visitors, I'm glad you're here. But I make no excuses. I preach this way Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. It don't matter. I want to see everybody make heaven. And the only key I got today that unlocks a door, turn your attention to him. Whatever it is on Monday, Tuesday, tomorrow, when that phone gets to ringing and things get to pulling on you, do whatever you can, put it away. And say, I'm not going to let that come into my house. I'm not going to let it come into my family. I'm not going to let it come into my church. I'm going to declare the name of the Lord as a high tower. And the strong running into it. And they're safe. Lift your hands right now. All across this building. Come on, lift your voice. Turn your attention. That's what we're doing right now. I'm fixing to open these altars. We're turning our attention. Come on, grab the hand to the person next to you and come. Come on, if you're ready to turn your attention to Him. Come on, God, I'm not in this for a position. I'm not in this for prestige. I'm not in this to build my kingdom. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And He's coming for a church that has stayed in the church. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voices right now.